0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spirit Crumbs. I am your host, Andrea McCallum, and I am an artist and a healing energy facilitator. It feels like I haven't recorded in so long, but I realized that's because the last episode was the cosmic energy report with Emily. And it honestly didn't feel like recording an episode. It just felt like hanging out with a friend. So I feel like that is a good sign. And I always do love talking to Emily. So far from the feedback I've gotten, it sounds like you really enjoyed that as well. I hope you're following her on Instagram and digging into some of her other podcast episodes for things that make you go woo. I've been feeling a little bit turbulent as per usual. Anything that involves change does bring up different emotions, but in general, I feel a lot more forward movement in Leo season so far. Cancer season, I was going very internal, but it felt more just like personal and working through things, which is forward movement. Even if you feel like you're not outwardly doing a lot or you're not making progress in your like material. Goals, I feel like your emotional health and development and personal development actually helps you catapult forward because it gives you a new level of understanding and consciousness. So do not discount any of the emotional labor and emotional progress you've been making because overall it just really does move you forward in ways that you don't really see right away. It's a little bit below the surface, so please keep in mind that if cancer season has been really difficult for you in the last couple of months, this can really help you moving forward because you know yourself more and you'll be able to make decisions in more effective ways or notice patterns coming up more easily. Once you've examined them, they're easier to spot as they happen. Please don't be discouraged. I've been reminding myself of the same thing lately as well. Now that I have allowed myself this time to fully process emotions and to recognize the patterns, they are less likely to inhibit me in the future from doing things. So just wanted to say that at the beginning here. I also wanted to mention that I am doing the Leo season remote recharge healing energy session on Thursday this week on August 4th, it will be at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I also wanted to mention that it can be received at any time with intention. I feel like it is the most potent within a day or so, even if it's later in the evening or the next morning that you want to receive it. That is totally fine as well. I will just say that the email will go out, same within cancer season, within a couple of hours of the session. I do make notes as I'm doing the session of everything that comes up. And then I'm just basically putting that into my computer because I do it by hand. That will end up in your inbox if you have registered. I know some people have registered and I'm excited for that energy. I also finally did a newsletter, which I am so actually proud of myself. I don't say that very often, but it's something that I've been thinking of for so long. And it's something that really made sense because I have my podcast, I have different offerings going on. and Sometimes when you're listening to the podcast, it's difficult to really pick out the messages of the cards that I pull for the Cosmic Energy Report, for example. So all of that gets put into the newsletter into one place with the links and everything so that it's easy for you to digest it and come back to it later instead of having to go through the show notes or the podcast episode. So if you haven't signed up for that, there are links in my bio as per usual. It will also be in the show notes. And the reason I'm also bringing that up is that whoever is receiving the newsletter also receives a discount code each month to have a discount for the remote recharge session. This will be ongoing monthly. So you'll be able to sign up anytime that you feel called to. And the final thing that I'm going to bring up in that realm is that I actually am now opening up my calendar again regularly for one-on-one sessions so those are available as well now this episode has been a week or so in the making and if you follow me on instagram you may have seen that i did a live on disappointment that was sometime last week i am terrible at timing so i think it was about a week ago and this came to me very clearly after i had done something that i had been meaning to do for a while This also feels like the same energy I had around my newsletter. I always tell myself I want to go sit at a cafe downtown here and read because I rarely make the time to read the books that I want to. I actually did it last week by myself, just on my own. I was like, I'm going to walk downtown, get a nice latte. They have vegan treats there. So I had a date square. It was a nice day and I actually did it and walked home and realized that there are so many times that I think about it and want to do it. It's difficult to actually get at the door because it takes me a really long time to leave the house, even just to go for a walk. I get up from my work to go and then I see so many other things that I've been meaning to do and it ends up being a couple hours. There's so many times I disappoint myself because I get to a point where either I have something else I have to do and I run out of time or I just lose the energy or get frustrated and then don't end up doing it. And there's even times when I realized that months have gone by that I didn't do something. The reason why disappointment came into play here was that I got home and it was a very clear download that I got, I channeled a big chunk of what I'm gonna be sharing with you today. But I think why it came through so clearly Was that my guides were showing me disappointment isn't permanent. You may be disappointed many times by yourself by not doing something, but there's always a chance to try again. And eventually you can do it. And it's that hope and belief part of disappointment. Like the only reason you are feeling the disappointment is that you were hoping something was going to happen or you were anticipating that something would happen and then it didn't. As long as you can hold on to that. Little piece of hope, there's always another chance to try again. This maybe doesn't apply as much when someone is disappointing you, but that's a whole other part of the discussion. That's a little bit different, right? But when you're looking at yourself, I feel like that is something that we have to keep in mind. That's what they were reminding me of. We can always keep trying, there's no limit to how many times you're allowed to try to do something you want to do or to make a change that you want to make. There are definitely opportunities to reflect on why that's not happening or take a look at the patterns. Like I was saying, like some of that emotional work of learning what you're resisting, what you're avoiding, all of those things. But you still can keep trying while you're going through that process. Because sometimes, even if it's by fluke and it works and you just do the thing, that can help you to overcome some of that resistance. You then have the proof, like, I can do this. And then you're less likely to disappoint yourself for that specific thing in the future because you have that assurance that you can do it. Again, anything I share here, I've said this before, is from my own experience or what I have channeled or received. So if it doesn't resonate with you, that is totally fine. And I just want to share that so that you know that I'm not like talking about anything that is overly researched, though I did look up a few things for this because I was guided to including a dictionary and a thesaurus. For this particular episode, I was drawn to look at my bookshelf and see that I have an old version of the Oxford Canadian, a dictionary and a thesaurus from probably when I was in high school. I was feeling into the difference between being disappointed in yourself and when someone says they're disappointed in you. That is a phrase I believe can really cut deep because it's very personal. It implies that they believed in you and now maybe they feel like they were wrong to believe in you. I think that's where the painful part of it comes in. When I was starting to channel this episode and write everything down, I realized that expectations are such a huge part of this and... We've talked about expectations and assumptions in the Four Agreements episode, so I would recommend going to that. That's a great book, and it covers a lot of the same themes of today. It's just a different lens today, but I do want to direct you there. But in the dictionary definition, the definition of disappoint is to fail to fulfill the hopes of whatever it is, the person, expectations, whatever. And to be disappointed is frustrated or saddened by not having one's hopes fulfilled. Disappointment is something disappoints. And then it says it's feeling of distress, etc. resulting from that. This is our basis for what disappointment is. But then the next point that I thought of was that there is obviously a reason I picked up the thesaurus. Disappointment was to be let down, to fail, to sa- dissatisfy, to dash someone's hopes, upset, dismay, sadden, disenchant, disillusion, shatter someone's illusions. I feel like those words all make a lot of sense of why there's so many different versions of what disappointment can be. Particularly when I was reading that it was to shatter someone's illusions. What really got my attention, though, more than anything, when I was looking this up in the thesaurus, was that they always share what the opposite is. And the opposite of disappoint is to fulfill. And that really makes a lot of sense. You would feel like you didn't fulfill something or you feel somebody didn't fulfill your expectations, hopes, whatever it may be. What disappointed, pleased is the opposite. I think this really points in the direction also of people pleasing, where the impact of the disappointment of someone being disappointed in you, I think is proportionate to how much your self-worth or your own fulfillment is tied to how others feel about you, right? If you feel like you need to please others in order to feel like you have fulfilled whatever the task is. I think that has a lot to do with it. So then I was like, you know, what? I'm going to look up fulfill and fulfill is to bring to completion or reality to carry out as required and to satisfy. Those are the three different definitions. And then they also include to fulfill oneself. And this was incredible because it says develop one's gifts and character to the full. Honestly, I think this actually made a very clear distinction in my head between fulfilling yourself and fulfilling someone else's expectations. I've never really thought about disappointment in these terms, in this, like, division between the two. I also looked up please, because then that got me curious, of course, and it is to make glad, give pleasure to, be glad or willing to, in brackets, if you please, for example, and then to will, to wish, and a polite way of making a request. And then the last thing that they actually included was to please oneself, which is do as one likes. And that, for me, just was like, yes, this is the thing that we're missing. We look at the definition of to but bill or two police, but we forget the part where it says one cell. They actually make a clear distinction in the dictionary and the thesaurus that those are another version of that point. That's where I think we need to get clarity when disappointment comes up. I actually, to be honest, feel like the more we get comfortable with it, the more we're able to manage it. And the more we understand where the disappointment is coming from, the more we're able to respond and move on from it. I think what we hold on to is when we wrap up our own fulfillment, fulfilling oneself, pleasing oneself, in the response of someone else. It's supposed to be a temporary thing, I think. I think we can remember disappointing times that happened. Obviously, we need to be wary if someone is chronically disappointing us or is disappointing us in Things that were clearly stated. I think clarity and communication in any interaction are so important. And this again goes to the four agreements, because one of them is to not take things personally. And another one is to not make assumptions. If someone's disappointed in us, that is our chance to ask, okay, are they disappointed because I did not fulfill what I agreed to? Or are they disappointed because they had expectations that were not communicated with me? If you get to a situation where someone's like, you didn't do this, I'm disappointed, then you can ask them to clarify what was your expectation? What is it exactly that I did not fulfill? If it turns out they did ask you to do something and you didn't do it, that's your opportunity to then look at yourself to do that self-reflection and either say, you know what, I apologize. You're right. I did say I was going to do this or we did agree that this was my responsibility in this relationship, interaction, project, whatever it might be. Or you can say, I understand that you said for me to complete this task, going back to the definition of carry out as required, I have carried this out to the fullest extent of my capacity. Capacity is a huge, huge part of this in my head and the way it came through when I was kind of like channeling through it. Because if you have gone to the end of your capacity and you have fulfilled the task to what you believe was to the fullest, you have carried that out to the requirement, and someone says that's not enough, then you can clearly say to them, you know what? This is my capacity. This is to the fullest for me. So either you can accept that that is what I'm able to offer you, or we will have to part ways, or this is not going to work out. And at least then you have communicated, I see what you are expecting, I hear what you're saying, but my understanding of complete in this situation is not compatible, right? And I think in a lot of relationships, whether it's friendships, family, romantic partnerships, one person's expectations of the same thing are different. Even if you look at something simple, like how something is cleaned. If someone is, for example, doing the dishes and why has, for example, part of doing the dishes is usually wiping the counters and you know wringing out the sponge, that is to completion to that expectation. But maybe you're with someone or you move in with a partner or a roommate and their idea of doing the dishes is just kind of washing whatever's in the sink putting them in the drying rack and leaving it and not cleaning the counter, not wringing out the sponge. Maybe that's their fulfillment of carrying it out as required. And then if you're disappointed and you're like, you said you were going to do this, and then they say, well, I did do this. Obviously, that's a communication issue. It's not that either of you necessarily in that particular moment is wrong. It's that you didn't have a clear expectation of what was expected. And that's a very simple example, but you can apply this to anything, right? And I think then what happens is if you have multiple situations like this, that's when you have to think, okay, am I disappointed because they are choosing not to participate or they're choosing not to fulfill these expectations? Or do we have a conversation about what that means? We don't put it all back on ourselves that often when we are the ones feeling disappointed. And then vice versa. If someone's constantly telling you they're disappointed in how you're doing something or that you're not showing up or they're just seem upset with everything you're doing, then sometimes we take it too personally, right? Again, this is also an opportunity to ask yourself, do I know what the expectation is and I'm choosing not to do it? There is that capacity part to it as well. Even in a relationship, you can love someone so much or you can really care for a friend or you can really like living with someone. Even in a job, you can really like the job, but if they don't have the same understanding of what your capacity should be and you're overworking, overgiving, people pleasing in order to fulfill these expectations and you're feeling disappointed because you don't have your own free time or you're having to do things that aren't comfortable for you, then it's not working. These things are okay. I personally think that It's a good thing to have these disappointments come up once in a while because it encourages clarity. It encourages you to learn to have realistic expectations, even of yourself. In the past, I was always feeling disappointed in myself because I wasn't meeting these unrealistic expectations. For me, it's either a capacity issue or it's a priority issue. If it's not about capacity and it's just that someone's choosing not to do something. And they're disappointing you by not showing up, even though you know they could, or same with yourself. Is it a matter of changing my choices and putting in more effort? Or do I just not want to do it? <laughs> I think we often overlook how important that is because even with a partner, yes, we obviously have to make some exceptions and compromise on things to be able to have an active part in someone else's life, right? If they're really into something, it would be nice for you to show some interest once in a while or participate. That's one thing. But if you are just like, I absolutely never want to do this thing. It actually makes me feel like it's crossing my own boundary in order to please someone else, then they might just have to be disappointed. That's the part of it that I think is the most difficult is anticipating that someone is going to be hurt because you're doing something that is good for you. And boundaries often do that. I feel like we've talked about them in different contexts. It's okay that you disappoint someone and then realize it's because you didn't want to do the thing in the first place. And then you can communicate that. You can just be like, I just realized I shouldn't have committed to that. I apologize for not meeting that expectation because I did agree to it. I now realize that the resistance I had and the avoidance around it, the reason I didn't show up is that it's not something... I'm comfortable with. It's not something I want to do and I apologize if that disappoints you, but that is the choice I have to stick with because that's what's true to me. And yes, they're going to be disappointed, but that is not really on you because you are actually doing them a favor by being clear and giving them the expectation that you are not going to participate in that way. They can then choose, unfortunately, if you don't want to hear this part, they can then choose to not be in that relationship or to change what the relationship looks like again this can be like workplace friends anything that's part of it and i think that's why we avoid these conversations i've been guilty of that in the past as well i don't like disappointing people it's that people pleaser thing it gets to a point where you're disappointing yourself by fulfilling someone else's hopes or desires and i feel like disappointing myself feels a lot worse now Because I've done so much work to do things that are in alignment with what I do want to do. And I think probably a lot of you can relate to that. If it's a duty versus like an expectation, like an expectation could be of how you're going to behave or treat someone in a relationship. Whereas a duty is the idea of carrying it out to a requirement. That's a cut and paste. This is the thing. Are you going to do it or not? Right. When you go back to fulfilling oneself, Your character and all of those big picture things really need to come back to focus once in a while to think about, okay, is this person disappointed with me in a way that I also agree would be not fulfilling my character? And then if that's the case, that is more of a situation for you to look into some shadow work or some personal development or some therapy. If they're like upset with you and it's something that isn't important to you, to your character, if it's not something that's in alignment with who you're trying to become as a person and they're saying like, you're not doing this, you're not showing up in a way that I like. And then you realize, well, I don't care if I'm not showing up that way, then that's where it's important to not take things personally, because that's about the other person and not you. Like, for example, I am not a fan of board games or games in general. I would rather just be the person grabbing snacks for everyone, cheering people on. I will play a game here and there, but I have to really be in the mood for it. My family knows this, though, and I love them so much because they accept that that's just who I am. And they know that there are games I do enjoy. And I'm so grateful that usually they'll ask, Andrea, what game would you like to play? If their goal is to play a game and have fun, they'll say, Andrea, what game would you like to play? And then we're all happy, right? Like we all get to play a game. And if it's a game that they specifically want to play and I don't, that's fine. They can play. They don't have the expectation that I am going to play. Whereas if they were just constantly like, you're no fun, you don't want to play games. And they just assumed I was going to play the game with them. And then they bring out some game that they know I'm not going to enjoy. For example, I don't like card games. So if they come out and they're like, okay, we're going to play euchre. And then I'm like, I don't want to play And they're still upset about it. (laughs) That's not really on me. So it's a very like simple example. I don't like playing games. They know that. They would never have the expectation, because I've clearly stated it multiple times, that clarity and communication really saves the people around you a lot of work because then they're not constantly assuming that you're going to do it. So when you're people pleasing, you're actually doing them a disservice because eventually you might have a day where you lose and you're just like, why do you keep asking me to do this? I hate doing this. And then they're going to be hurt as well because you didn't communicate that with them. And now they have to reflect on all the times they've asked you to do the thing that you hate doing. right? But you never told them you hated doing it. I do want to just point out that sometimes it's a matter of in the moment choosing whether it's safe or not. This doesn't apply to all situations. But if it's something that you're going to regret having to do again, then consider that before you say yes. I think regret is one of the parts that comes up with disappointment. The thing about regret is that you can't really regret that someone else did something. You can only regret that you did it. And so, for example, if I had said yes to playing Euchre, even though I really didn't want to play, then the next time they might have assumed I was going to play, right? and set it up that way. And then if I say, I don't like playing it, I never wanted to play it, they're gonna be like, well, why did we spend two hours teaching you how to do it last time if you never wanted to play? On the other hand, if I had said yes to it, their disappointment of me not wanting to play is one thing, but the regret that I'm gonna feel if I have to keep doing this forever and keep this up and maintain it is way worse to me. I hope that made sense. It's just coming through the way it's coming through. But I do just wanna say that like it can be a good thing and an opportunity to communicate and to really get to know each other better if you learn what their expectation is or you ask why did you want me to do this you learn about them and it actually builds trust when you think about it it's just honesty and when you are feeling open to share what your capacity is what your understanding is and you're genuinely trying to make sure that you're on the same page as someone they are really going to trust you more. And then in return, if they are sharing theirs with you, it helps you to then show up in a way that feels natural, where you're not guessing what the other person wants. You're not guessing whether you're showing up in the right way. You're both less likely to be disappointed because it's clear. And I think the best relationships that I have in my life are the ones where I do feel safe to explain what my expectations are or what my capacity is in different ways. The example I gave of my family, maybe they were disappointed the first time I said no to doing something. I still want to spend time with you. I'll still sit here. I'll get snacks. I'll cheer you on. I just don't want to be in the actual game. And then that's me sharing that's my capacity for this. And then now I don't have to fear them being super disappointed every time they want to play a game. So I don't want to go too far more into this episode. I feel like I've covered quite a bit of it. But I do just want to say that disappointment feels like it's on a spectrum. And I think I started saying this at some point, but you don't have to be at a 100% fulfillment of something to feel a sense of fulfillment. You can be a little disappointed, but not absolutely disillusioned. You can be like, oh, I wish I did this a little better, but you can also let that go. There is a spectrum to it where we may not ever have things turn out a 100%, but that doesn't mean that it's a failure. When you think about it, anything that's an expectation is kind of abstract unless there's like a contract carrying something out as required that keeps coming to mind. That's different than like relational disappointment and fulfillment. And even with yourself, with like your general goals or big picture things, right? There has to be some flexibility there. If somebody is disappointing you in the same way or you are to yourself over and over again, and it's like chronic, then that's not really disappointment anymore because you're expecting something that you know is not going to happen. That's unrealistic. And then that's actually resentment, right? Resentment or regret. That's what's coming to me right now as I'm talking. It's kind of like channeling fear. If it's with someone else, that's resentment, harboring resentment because they're not showing up the way that you expect them to. If they're choosing not to prioritize you, then you need to decide if that's okay, right? When you're constantly not meeting your own expectations, even though you could, then that's regret. So that is just kind of like the spectrum that we are on. It's all about clarity. The last thing I wanted to mention is that I started thinking about the fact that frustration and satisfaction are the signature and not self for generators in human design. And then I thought about it and I realized the signatures and not self themes for all of the types are kind of similar in this spectrum between disappointment and fulfillment. For generators, the not self theme, like when you're not acting in alignment, is frustration, which is very related to disappointment, right? We get frustrated with ourselves when we're disappointed in ourselves. When we're fulfilled, another word that came up, which I think I mentioned in the definition, is satisfy. So that makes sense. For manifesting generators, they also have this same one, but they also experience a bit of the anger that manifestors do as they're not self being We usually get angry when we feel like we're having our boundaries crossed, right? Or when we're being irritated in some way and that brings us to manifestors and theirs is anger and peace having the acceptance and just knowing what your capacity is i feel like there is a sense of peace when you know that there's a mutual understanding and you're not having to stress about it that can offer you an incredible amount of peace i know i feel safe and i feel peaceful when i go to spend time with my family because I know that we know each other well enough. We have an understanding of what is expected of each of us, which is nothing outside of who we are. There's a sense of peace that comes with that. And then projectors, it's success and bitterness. Bitterness and disappointment and frustration, those are all very relatable. And success is fulfillment, right? It's fulfilling something. It's fulfilling an expectation, same spectrum. The one that I found actually really interesting is reflectors. They're very, very rare, but they are kind of mirrors for the rest of us, and they're very influenced by their environment. Theirs is disappointment and surprise. And I loved that because I was like, yeah, disappointment is literally their not self theme, but surprise is their signature. And I think because they're so open, that's the best case scenario for them when things are delightfully surprising. When someone exceeds your expectations, I didn't even think of that as being part of this spectrum until I looked up this thing. There is something to that. That's why I left this to laugh. There is something incredible when someone exceeds your expectations, goes past the point of fulfillment. When you have an expectation of how something is going to be carried out as required and someone does more, you can do that for yourself. You can exceed your own expectations. And that's what I want to leave this on is that you can go with your strengths. You can know that when you under-promise and over-deliver as like even a marketing or a business tool, do that with yourself in general. And I'm not saying to like lower your bar so low that it's impossible to not need it. I'm just saying that when you have a, basic understanding of what has to be done don't give yourself like an outrageous expectation of the level that it needs to be completed to just be realistic about what is expected and then if you're able to push past that and really exceed it then that is what you really want to be experiencing more so than just fighting and fighting to get to some unrealistic expectation to begin with and that can also go back to the titration episode of like maybe if your goal is to have a big community that gets together and you want to lead like a huge yoga circle, maybe it's not going to be 100 people the first week. Maybe it's going to start with, OK, I'd like to get five people. And then the next week, maybe I'll see if I can get a few more people. If a bunch of people show up and all of a sudden there's 50 people that show up, that's going to be exceeding your expectation. Maybe your goal is to get to 50 people, but maybe it happens faster. And that can be an easier way to build that in so that you are delightfully surprised by yourself more often. For me, if I know that I don't do anything that's not with a deadline, then if I want to do something that's fun or want to incorporate something that would make me feel good and would bring joy to my life, I'm going to have to find a way to schedule that in or create some sort of a deadline. And that can be... Signing up for something that I know I want to do or telling someone else I'm going to do something. It just really is important that you don't create unrealistic expectations. I think we don't give ourselves enough credit. That's just the underlying theme of all of this is that if we want to avoid being disappointed, it means we have to stop being unrealistic and we have to start finding the reasons why we are resisting things. Next week or very soon, I don't know the order, I'm going to be doing an episode on the book called The War of Art. It is all about resistance and the ways that resistance show up. So I'm not going to get into detail on it, but that is the continuation of this. So I hope all of this resonated with you. I really hope that it helps you shift the focus of disappointment onto a productive conversation and an opportunity for clarity, whether it's yourself, others, or just expectations in general. So have a wonderful rest of your week. If you have signed up for the Leo Season Remote Recharge, you can look for the email by about 9 p.m. on Thursday, Eastern Time. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Spirit Crumbs. You can find me on Instagram for this podcast at Spirit Crumbs, or you can also find me at Concrete and Crystals for my own spiritual offerings and more tidbits about my own journey. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.